ESPN's Emmy Award-winning 30 for 30 documentary film series presents the greatest mixtape ever, the story of how a series of streetball videos set to music in the 90s transformed basketball's place in the culture, defined the lives of the players who starred in them, and changed the game itself forever. Starting June 1st stream on ESPN+, Plus, and listen to the companion 30 for 30 podcast, a streetball mixtape exploring the essence of streetball through a collection of legendary stories. Listen on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Adam Schefter Podcast. On this week's podcast, we will be joined by the rookie head coach of the Minnesota Vikings, a man who's traveled around the league to stops near and far, Kevin O'Connell. We'll talk about his time in Minnesota, how he'll use Dalvin Cook this season, how Sean McVay celebrated the Super Bowl championship and personalized it with him and each of the Rams assistant coaches and a host of other topics. And speaking of the Rams, we are now 100 days as we tape this Tuesday morning, exactly 100 days until the start of the NFL regular season. Now, I never like to rush it. At this time of the year, we want to enjoy these last quiet days, the start of summer, we're past Memorial Day weekend. And as much as we love football, we know the craziness that awaits. But this is always one sort of landmark, a milestone, a hundred days until the start of the regular season, the Thursday night opener between the Rams and the Buffalo Bills. And that tells you that the NFL season is creeping up on us and creeping up quickly. And it will gain speed as the rest of the spring and summer go on. And in that Thursday night game, I still think, despite the fact that Aaron Donald, the all-world defensive tackle from the Rams, despite the fact that he went on the I Am Athlete podcast and told them that he would be, quote-unquote, at peace walking away from football right now if the contract doesn't work out the way he wants, I still think they're going to work out the contract. still think the Rams and Aaron Donald will figure out a way to get that done. They've been close to getting it done throughout the offseason. It's never gotten done. There's no reason not to get it done. I think he still would like to play, especially at the wages in which they're going to pay him. And the Rams want him back. He's still probably the best defensive player in all of football. It's going to be a huge deal when it does get done. And it's just hard to imagine that Aaron Donald, at the peak of his powers, would walk away from the game. And that's why I think 100 days from now, we'll see Aaron Donald out there trying to chase down Buffalo Bills quarterback, Josh Allen. And speaking of quarterbacks, the 34-year-old Colin Kaepernick, who has not played in the NFL since 2016, who has not visited with an NFL team since flying to Seattle in May of 2017, got his first workout with an NFL team last week in Las Vegas with the Raiders. Now, the Raiders have a new front office led by general manager Dave Ziegler and a new coaching staff led by head coach Josh McDaniels. And I think what happens here sometimes is when new coaches and new front offices go into new places, they want to assemble a talent base, a referral list, so to speak, an emergency list in the event that they suffer an injury at a key position. And I think that that's what they're trying to do right now. They're trying to touch up their lists to see who belongs on it and to see 
who doesn't belong on it. And my understanding is Colin Kaepernick had a good workout and that there's no signing imminent at this point in time, but maybe the Raiders could come back and visit it. And certainly we know that their owner, Mark Davis, would be in favor of something like that, having been outspoken about the fact that he believes a team should sign Colin Kaepernick and has been saying that for a couple of years now. The Raiders, again, not planning to do that right now, but here's an important point to make on Colin Kaepernick. And I think this has sort of been overlooked by a lot of different people. He hasn't played, like we mentioned, since 2016. So he essentially has been out of the NFL for six full years. Now, if you took anybody out of their vocation for six years and denied them the chance to do it on a regular basis, I know he's working out. I know he's going through drills, but he hasn't played football in six years. Anybody who didn't do something for six years, their reflexes would not be as quick in that job when they returned to doing it. It would not be as natural to them. I know when I left newspapers and went into TV at NFL Network and then tried to write as often as I did for the Denver Post, it just wasn't as quick and it wasn't as natural. It took a little bit longer to process things for me. And I could assure you that I'm sure the same thing is true with Colin Kaepernick. He still could be a good quarterback and he still deserves his spot in the National Football League. But it's just not going to flow as easily when you haven't played or done something in six years, despite the workouts and despite throwing to wide receivers. And that's not to point out that he can't do it. It's just to say it's just one more obstacle that Colin Kaepernick needs to overcome moving forward. And that's not a simple thing to do. Now, I still hope he gets signed. I still think he deserves to be signed. But there has to be some impact on his skills over the last six years of not playing on a regular basis. Let's hope that somebody does give Colin Kaepernick a chance. All right. This offseason, the Minnesota Vikings did give a chance to Kevin O'Connell. Now, for those of you who don't know, Kevin O'Connell played quarterback in the NFL. He didn't play very long in the NFL. Five NFL seasons, threw six total passes, completed four, didn't have a long stint despite the fact that his career started in New England in 2008, went to Detroit in 2009, the Jets in 2009 and 10, the Dolphins 2011, back to the Jets, to the San Diego Chargers in 2012, before he became a quarterback's coach with Cleveland in 2015, a special projects coach with the 49ers in 2016, a quarterback's coach with Washington in 2017 and 18 and 19 when he became the offensive coordinator and then the Rams offensive coordinator in 2020-21 until this offseason when the Minnesota Vikings hired Kevin O'Connell as their new head coach. Well, look who it is. Uh, how's that uh, How's that connection, okay? That's great. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that's uh, First of all, we appreciate you doing this even earlier on a Friday, knocking it like you get started. Everybody gets started on their weekend, Kevin. It's a nice thing. Yeah, no, this was, uh, we've been going, uh, we've been going pretty much since, uh, since the players came back pretty much full time. So I had this calendar uh, for these coaches this Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. These guys have been, uh, when we got off the grass yesterday, it was like the, uh, all the cars were started. It felt like the, uh, you know, school's out for summer. <laughs> so what's it like to be, out for summer right now, Kevin, even as a new first-time head coach for the Minnesota Vikings. 
Yeah, it's. Uh, I'll tell you what, it's a beautiful day here. Didn't, we uh, we got the family in. We got the house kind of close to. We at least have an idea of of what this is going to look like as a as a norm. Hopefully in the fall. But uh, uh, you know, with the playoff run and all the job transition for me, any moment I can get with these with these guys and, and my family is absolutely huge for me. So uh, excited about where we're at as a team right now. It's been a really good off season. Huge participation out of our team and our group and. Coaches have done a great job, so I'm just shoot at him. I can't uh, I can't tell you how excited I am for fall training camp to come around. Doesn't moving stink, Kevin? <laughs> no, it really you know it really does. It's uh, <laughs> I've done it enough now to know uh, kind of the the ins and outs, but there's no easy way to do it. That's for sure. Well, I was going to ask you about that. You say the ins and outs. I'd like some in and out tips for moving, but nobody there are well, I don't say nobody, but very few people have moved as much as you, right? There are five different NFL franchises you played for, five different NFL franchises you coached for, 10 NFL franchises altogether. Kevin, that's a lot of moving. <laughs> the, the good news is, uh, you know, our, our family, we're, we're, our kids are still relatively young. We've got seven, five, and three. And uh, my wife, I, 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 uh, I got a chance to speak to some folks, uh, you know, uh, outside of our organization the other day, and somebody asked me, what's the key to success? And I said very simply, uh, you know, whoever that is for you, make sure your support, your support system around you is, uh, you know, a, a uh, all pro caliber. And I certainly have that uh, with my wife, how she handles the kids, the move. Um, everything that goes into being everything you have to be as an NFL coach. Normally, the best ones are backed by great, great, great support at home. And, and I'm certainly very, very lucky to have that. So that would be the ins and outs is make sure you got some great help. Uh, and if you actually have to be hands on doing it yourself, uh, just nothing but the best to you. Good luck to you. <laughs> <laughs> that is unbelievable. That is a lot of moving that you've done. And now yeah. it looks like you won't have to move. And you mentioned the fact that you were in Los Angeles and Minnesota and nobody had a busier week that week, I would think, than you, where you're getting ready to coach in a Super Bowl and getting ready to be introduced as the head coach of the Minnesota Vikings. Can you recall a time in your life that was more chaotic, stressful, crazier than that? No, I, and it really goes back further than that. I mean, uh, Adam, I was I was not, uh, you know, one of these guys that, you know, came to training camp this past season uh, thinking, hey, this whole year is about, you know, me possibly getting an opportunity to be a head coach. I mean, we make the change there in Los Angeles to bring Matthew in. We trade for Matthew and, and he immediately, you know, comes to town with with a purpose of, you know, being the best he could possibly be every day for the Los Angeles Rams. And I tried to feeling like I was his position coach and offensive coordinator, I tried to match that and, and tried to meet him every single day. And our head coach obviously, uh, you know, is, is, you know, my ultimate mentor, but I did not go to training camp with the thought of, Hey, I'm going to, you know, have all these interview plans ready and I'm going to be ready to go when the time comes. I, uh, my thought process was never on that until the first kind of uh, slip got turned in. And uh, you know, somebody said, Hey, we're going to want to talk to you you know, preferably uh, sooner rather than later uh, about our head coaching position and, you know, going through that process and, and some a lot of late nights outside 
you know, of the requirements that I, I felt very, very strongly about making sure that my job in LA never lacked, never was not my number one priority. So the good news is anything I said uh, in those interviews, anything I spoke to teams about came from the heart. It came from what I really believe. Um, and, and I think uh, that, that really is, is the best way to do it, in my opinion, because ultimately uh, you want to be hired by somebody who's hiring you for ultimately you and what you believe in as a coach and uh, what you're going to build your foundation around as an organization. I do believe that Denver also was highly interested in you and that you were a finalist for the Broncos head coaching job before you ultimately get the Vikings job. But when did it first occur to you during last season that you would be in the mix for one of these head coaching jobs? Was it not until that first slip came in? Um, I think it was, I think it was maybe a week or two um, out in front of that. Um, you know, actually, you know, people in Los Angeles, Los Angeles, you know, whether it be our head coach or front office, uh, folks in our front office, they, they kind of pulled me aside and said, you know, it's at one point, I would be shocked if, if you get an opportunity or two to interview. And I, it's not that I was surprised because it's always been something that I've thought about and, 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 you know, I've gone through the process of being around some great people, great mentors uh, that had kind of, uh, you know, led me down the, the path of, hey, this is what it'll be like. This is what you should uh, really focus on. And, and nine times out of 10, it comes back to be yourself and be who you are. But uh, it became a reality when the slips got turned in, because even then, you know, it wasn't like my name was the first name reported. Nobody um, you know, nobody was really talking about me at that point as, hey, this is going to be a guy that absolutely will get one of these jobs. And that was my mindset as, as well, was um, I was going to attack anything that came up in the process with uh, a ton of positivity and just want to make sure that uh, I was authentic and real in myself. Um, and if it didn't work out, I'd use it as a learning process, a, uh, you know, a big time tool for me in the future and, and know that I'd be better off uh, the next time around if it like I said if it didn't work out so it was a win-win for me and it just so happened to be coaching on a team that I thought really had a chance to win a Super Bowl uh, you know we were playing really good football at, at the right time and um, had kind of you know overcome some adversity in the season to be where we were at at that point so uh, you know there wasn't enough time in the day to do everything but uh, I, I've told myself multiple times there'll be plenty of time to sleep uh, I'm still waiting for that time. So hopefully this summer we'll get some of that. But uh, uh, I, I just keep on telling myself that and mind over matter and, and this positive, uh, really exciting experience that we're doing here in Minnesota uh, helps get me going every single day. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing that you do if you had an extra hour in your day? You know what I would do? I think I'd call BetterHelp. Get a little help, a little mental therapy for all the stress that we all go through on a regular basis. That is excellent time and an excellent way to spend your free hour that has been freed up. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it in the future. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills, for how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. We all go through things on a daily basis. Why not let the professionals at BetterHelp help you? with whatever issue you're now encountering. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. 
Visit BetterHelp.com slash Adam today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Adam. ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks, predicting upsets, winning my bracket group, and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey. You never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Allstate. And we're going to get to that, but you did mention Sean McVay being your ultimate mentor. Yeah. What about him made him that way, and what did you learn from him? Well, I think he's ultimately, uh, you know, I think he's ultimately one of the most dynamic leaders we have uh, in our league, I think it's, you know, it speaks for himself, it speaks for itself, the success that he's had on the field. But when you're really working with him, you know, in the culture and in the building uh, that he's been able to build there in Los Angeles with some other really great people and coaches working right, right alongside with him and players as well. Uh, but it all starts with Sean there and, and uh, the, you know, the, the fact that everything is done, every moment is spent uh, with the intention of helping those players become uh, you know, their best versions of themselves, reach their highest potential, and then collectively understanding that you're doing it on an individual level to ultimately build something special as a team, as a group. Uh, he's able to kind of do that with some very, very talented players, uh, get, you know, get it to the point where those guys care about each other. That culture is so special there. Um, and that's why it was even that much greater for me to be a part of it in a year where we were able to win, uh, you know, obviously win the Super Bowl. There are so many things that stand out to me about him, but, you know, I do remember there was a year in which the Rams were going to the playoffs. They clinched everything really early. It was a few years ago, and he decided to rest his regulars in the last regular season game, and he announced it, by the way, earlier in the week, and I happened to speak to him later in the week, and I said to him, you know, your decision upset a lot of people, and there were a lot of people who felt like you should have waited to announce that or not said anything, and they felt like you mishandled the situation. I wasn't saying it in a critical way. <laughs> now, there are many coaches around the league that would have been like, well, you tell that guy to screw off or I do it my way. And this is what we think is right. And he was like, you know, Adam, I really appreciate you sharing that with me. That That's really interesting advice. And I couldn't believe his reaction to that. It was unlike the reaction that I've gotten from many other coaches on any topic that could be considered at least something could that could be criticized if that makes any sense yeah it does and that's I mean it goes to uh, what what ultimately makes him such a you know an elite coach in my mind is is a uh, there's there's never a time where somebody either player or coach doesn't feel like they have direct access to him direct line of communication because communication is so big for him and he wants everybody uh, to be on the same page and and if there's anything holding back from uh, holding uh, that our team or that team back from elite or communication and, and, and how we're going to operate. He wants to know and he wants to fix it. And uh, fixing it is not always just mean, uh, you know, what he thinks. And, and, and that's the only way it's going to go. A lot of it is collaboration. And in the end, it's his decision. That's what ultimate leaders do is they make those tough decisions. But he does it in a way that he's going to you know, make people feel a part of it. He's going to make you feel invested in it. And then ultimately, whatever decision gets made, uh, you know, he he's going to get everything out of everybody uh, in that organization, you know, and, and moving in the right direction. 
He's a great communicator, which is why he would have been very good, probably on TV if he had decided to go in that direction. Did you work with him in Washington in one of the many stops you made as a player? Do your paths cross there? No, I actually uh, I met I met him. Shoot, probably going on six, seven years ago through some mutual coaches, friends of ours. And actually a couple of those guys I actually hired in uh, in Minnesota, uh, oddly enough, just as the you know small world that the NFL is. Um, but I, I remember being introduced to him as, you know, somebody said, hey, this guy's a you know, this guy's going to be probably running a team in the not too distant future. And and you, you, you think of, a, you know, his age and the fact that maybe he didn't play in the NFL and you're like, man, this guy. You know, what's this guy all about? It takes all of about 10 minutes talking to him to realize, you know, the special individual he is and um, how smart he is, how easy, you know, he is to connect with. And uh, he has this emotional intelligence to really be able to, you know, that great quality that a lot of people, you know, Adam in our league have of normally they are the smartest people in the room, uh, but they don't uh, they don't need to make you feel that way. It's not something that bangs you over the head when you walk into the room with them um, and ultimately you leave. Uh, you know, having felt like you've, you know, you've gotten better just by talking to that person. And that's Sean McVay in a nutshell. And uh, over the course of the next few years, uh, obviously didn't get a chance to go with him to L.A., but uh, he had he had a, a huge role in getting me there, obviously, with uh, having just been to Washington, a huge role in getting me to Washington and then ultimately bringing me to L.A. Uh, to work with, for him a couple of years later. So all part of a, a great plan uh, that uh, I've benefited greatly from my relationship with him, uh, you know, in, 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 in our profession, but uh, also personally as well, you know, getting a chance to be around him. Now, you were in Washington in 2017 with Kirk Cousins there. Yep. Kirk Cousins becomes your quarterback. Yep. What has your relationship been like with him and how have you seen his game change, if any? through the years since you were his quarterback's coach in 2017 to now becoming his head coach in Minnesota? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, at the time in 2017, I, I thought he was incredibly talented. I thought he worked really, really hard. I thought he, um, you know, really embraced, you know, playing the quarterback position at the NFL level. What does that mean? You know, all the responsibility at the line of scrimmage, the ability to call plays, the ability to, handle a lot that helps the offense go. Um, And then uh, obviously he moves on. Um, It was well-documented, you know, him leaving Washington and going to Minnesota. And really what I've noticed from afar leading to this opportunity was just how much he's played. He's played a ton of football. Um, He's incredibly durable. That same talent throwing the football that I remember recognizing from day one, working with him is still there. That same work ethic uh, that defines the, the quarterbacks that have success in our league consistently, he has that. Um, I think he relates much better to his teammates than than people probably give him credit for from the from outside the walls of our facility. But then uh, you actually get around him and you see where he's at after all these experiences and you know the highs and lows of of just playing the hardest position in professional sports. Where he's at now, his hunger to be uh, you know at his best and and be the best quarterback he's been. Uh, you know, using all that experience, using the foundation that he really feels has been laid out for him. And then ultimately the comfort level, hopefully he has with me um, having spent some time together. Uh, but then also noticing my growth from that time in 2017 right. uh, to where I'm at now and, and how I can hopefully help him reach his true potential. What would you say is the biggest difference between the 2017 Kevin O'Connell that worked with Kirk Cousins and the 2022 Kevin O'Connell that now will be working with Kirk Cousins? 
Well, I, I, I'm still the same guy trying to trying to learn every day, still trying to, you know, embrace the, the best parts about our profession. Adam is, is dealing with people and the people within our organization. And uh, obviously the players in those locker room, we've got 90 guys on our roster right now that I love interacting with every single day. But it's the coaches. It's, uh, you know, Quasi and his department and and uh, our whole building. We've got a beautiful building here in Egan, Minnesota that. Yeah. Uh, our whole organization runs out of, you know, the resources that the Wolves have provided for us as our ownership. It's unbelievable. So, you know, I feel like I'm getting better every single day. I'm, feel, I'm getting more comfortable and comfortable every single day. But the, the biggest difference between uh, me from from really six years ago and, and now is really the experience, the experience of dealing uh, with all the things that come up schematically in the NFL uh, things that you're responsible for when you move into some of those leadership positions as a coordinator and now as a head coach. Uh, and then ultimately the experience of being around great coaches and, and the Sean McVeigh's, uh, the Raheem Morris's, the Brandon Staley's, uh, you know, guys that, uh, you know, have really, really stuck with me, uh, you know, from an X's and O's standpoint, absolutely. You're always learning. You're always trying to gain an edge any way you can, but really the people, the leadership, uh, the dynamic individuals that those folks are, um, it's really stuck with me. Well, who are the five head coaches you played for as a player? Bill Belichick. Yep. Bill Belichick, uh, Rex Ryan, uh, really for a chunk of that time. Um, I finished up uh, a little bit there with, uh, you know, I had a three day stint with Jim Schwartz and the, and the Detroit lions there <laughs> at one point. Um, obviously, uh, Miami, Tony Sperano, uh, God rest his soul in, in Miami. And, and Brian Dayball was obviously the offensive coordinator there at that time. Um, and then I go back to the Jets with, with Rex Ryan, and then I finished with the Chargers with with Norv Turner, who I had a lot of respect for, and still do as a as a, a head coach and offensive mind, and got a chance to be around, you know, uh, Philip Rivers there for a few weeks there in in 2012 to go along with my time, obviously beginning my career with Mar with uh, Tom Brady, Matt Castle, and then obviously through the the first three years of Mark Sanchez's time. Uh, with the Jets, which, uh, you know, was a was a heck of a ride as well. So a lot of different kind of football, a lot of different kind of teams I was a part of as a player. But I kind of knew, you know, I kind of knew where my path might lead. Uh, so I was always looking at things from from really two lenses, you know, as, as a backup quarterback in the NFL. But also, what would this look like? What 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 is this experience going to mean for me moving forward if and when I decide to, you know, step on the other side of it and try to and try to coach? ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks, predicting upsets, winning my bracket group, and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Capital One. Were you able to pick up in your role anything from Bill Belichick or maybe even something from Tom Brady, being that those are two guys you were around? Yeah, I think uh, first and foremost, Coach Belichick, you know, I still to this very day remember bits and pieces of, uh, you know, the what the makeup was of our team. And, and that was week in and week out. How were we going to, uh, you know, how were we going to play uh, that particular game that week? Uh, obviously the foundational points of who we are as a team and the type of football philosophy uh, that coach has is, is, is apparent, but it's, it's that week in and week out preparation of, you know, that no stone unturned 
uh, preparation of wanting to make sure that whatever uh, we try to do uh, this week to win this football game is going to be uh, in all three phases, the best thing for the team. And just that team mantra of how each and every game is played, uh, how, you know, how hard it is to win in the NFL. And then ultimately the commitment level it takes of each individual guy in that room to be a part of that team. Um, those things always stuck with me and, and ultimately allowed me to, you know, leave there with that experience of, you know, having that kind of impact on me. And that was 2008 that you're in New England and you're now 36 years old and Tom Brady is 45 in 2022 and still going. Would you ever have imagined back in 2008 when you were in that quarterback room that Tom would be going at the level he is right now, 14 years later at the age of 45? I, I actually believe it or not would. Um, I did imagine that because I think I asked him at one point, you know, how old do you think you'll play to? And I think he actually said 45. Um, and as of two days ago, Adam, you know, I know, I know how accurate you like to be. Um, I am 37 now. So, uh, <laughs> you know, as of two days ago, so I, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to sell myself short because uh, when you're in your thirties as a head coach in the NFL, you want to make sure people know you're 37, not 36. So I'm that much more experienced <laughs> than maybe people think. Well, that's a mistake with accuracy that I'm sure you didn't mind me making there, right? Like 36 <laughs> to 37. That's a good accuracy mistake to make. That's I right. Would think, right. That's right. That's, that's right. Go. You mentioned uh, all these places you've been. I mentioned all these places you've been. How about from a football standpoint coming into Minnesota? What has stood out to you about taking over this team that you largely did not know? What stands out to you about this new collection of players that you will now be coaching? Yeah, I think the first first thing is I had always really had a lot of uh, respect for some of, uh, you know, those core foundational pieces, guys that have played here a long time, you know, on the on the offense and defensive side. I really think about guys like Harrison Smith, Eric Kendricks, uh, you know, guys that they added to this team uh, in Dalvin Tomlinson, Harrison Phillips, but Daniel Hunter. I mean, you you can you every level of that defense, you know, Patrick Peterson out at the corner position, uh, there are players that I've always had a ton of respect for and know that they're in the upper echelon of our league from a, you know, preparation standpoint, when you're getting ready to play the Vikings or play against some of those players and maybe some other stops that they've been at. Uh, but then you get in the, you get in the building and see the type of workers they are, the type of teammates they are, the type of leaders they are. Um, your first time head coach, you know, the number one thing I wanted to go in and really evaluate was what type of leadership do we have on our team? You know, who can I rely on knowing that the best football teams I've been a part of mainly the one I just left um, were really player, you know, player driven and the leadership structure, uh, the discipline uh, was a player driven thing that uh, the professionalism of guys like Aaron Donald and Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup and Andrew Whitworth and uh, Jalen Ramsey and just the level at which our team operated because of that elite leadership. Um, I was excited to see what it would be like in our building. And, and I can I, Adam, I mean this. Uh, we have unbelievable leadership here and we've got a group of guys, either guys we've brought in, uh, you know, to, to add to our team, uh, guys that have been here. Some of those names I mentioned, you know, on the offensive side, Adam Thielen, uh, you know, Brian O'Neill, Kirk Cousins, Dalvin Cook uh, to go along with really young dynamic players and a guy like Justin Jefferson, who is really taking on an ascending leadership role uh, to go along with being one of the best receivers in football. He truly does feel like a natural leader to me uh, when it comes to how he operates every day in our building. So to have that, it's huge for me. Um, I think we're a talented team. I think we're a team that's been through, uh, 
you know, some seasons where, uh, you know, whether, whether the record dictated success or not, this team's played in a lot of big games. This team's played uh, in a lot of games where they've had to come together and, and, and go try to find a way to get it done. And um, now the schemes may change. Um, ultimately, the culture, uh, you know, I don't even like saying it's changing. It's just turning into what I envision as, as a winning culture and, and, and what I've been a part of at other places that have helped me uh, get to this role. Um, ultimately, uh, that's on me to kind of make sure we get that done. And then how do I make sure these, these players are kind of taking over that player ownership side of things so they can, you know, lead us to where we want to go. You mentioned Dalvin Cook. Did I hear that he has been lining up as a wide receiver during OTAs, Kevin? Well, we, we've got to make sure that uh, only you heard that. We don't really <laughs> want uh, the rest of uh, our division hearing that he's lining up out there. So I'll, I'll add in, he's catching punts too. So uh, he's lining up at receiver. He's running the football. Shoot, we might even let him throw the football uh, just to give everybody a little something to prepare for. But uh, I told him this, and, and, and this is, uh, this is uh, as honest as I could be. I told him this yesterday on the field. Uh, I just pulled him aside and said, hey, man, I just got to tell you, the way you operate every single day, the way you are in meetings, the way you are uh, in our leadership uh, group, and, and just he's become this on the grass. He's become this consummate pro that uh, is working every single day. He's so motivated. He wants to win, um, and he is leading not only that running back group, but he's a major part of our entire uh, football team and, and leading us from out in front. And I'm really thankful to have Dalvin Cook on this team. Last thing I want to ask you about, and I hope I get my measurements right here, unlike your age, 6'5", 226, correct? Or am I off? 226, I mean, you're incredibly accurate. I mean, I just, it may, I, I, you might be like you shorted me on my age. You might have shorted <laughs> me a couple pounds, but uh, I'm okay with both those. Okay, so 6'5", 226. Do you ever think what would have happened if you decided to pursue a career in basketball, Kevin? Oh, I do. I do. I just, uh, I just, I, I don't think, uh, I, I don't think I could have avoided coaching in either profession, to be honest with you. <laughs> I, they, I, I've said this before, but you know, uh, you're not long for this world as a player when people keep telling you over and over again, how great of a coach you're going to be. <laughs> so I, uh, I, I don't think, uh, although I would have hopefully uh, been able to find a role you know, I, I, I got a chance to play with the guys at San Diego State when I was there a little bit in the off seasons and the summers. And I found out real, real quickly where I fit in the big scheme of things in that world. So I think I picked the right sport. Well, forget about playing basketball. Could you have coached in basketball the same way that you've advanced coaching in the world of football? Oh, shoot. I don't know. I don't know. I've, I've, uh, I've got a lot of respect for I've got a chance to meet some some coaches in all kinds of different sports. And I think, uh, I think the one thing that sticks out to me is leadership and, and, and kind of the ability to lead a group of men or women and, uh, you know, ultimately get the best and most out of uh, players in any sport to be the best version of themselves, reach their true potential. I think if you can do that in one sport, it may take a little bit of time, but you'd probably be able to do it in a lot of sports just based upon those foundation, foundational pieces of leadership and what it's like to, uh, you know, be in one of these roles. Yeah, you could have taken over the T-Wolves or instead of the Vikings. You never know. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm doing great just where I am for right now. <laughs> just a continuation of the life of what it's like to be Kevin O'Connell. That's right. That's exactly right. All this stuff to me, I'm so lucky to be in this role and, and to have done it having come off, you know, winning, winning a Super Bowl. I, I look up because Sean sent us a, a, uh, a replica Lombardi to all the coaches that were a part of it. So I got that in my office. You did? Yeah, I can I can show it to you. It's up there on the, there it is right wow. there. So, yeah. So we've, uh, 
you know, unbelievable gift by him. It, it'll it'll be something I cherish forever. I haven't got the ring yet, though. I'm hoping that's this summer before we, uh, we've got to come back. Adam, I appreciate it, man. This is always fun. I, I can remember talking to you uh, in Washington in my car. It was pouring rain. I had you on my Bluetooth in my car, wow. and we were – we, I, I shoot, we might've talked for 30 minutes back then, but I always appreciated it. And, uh, you know, your perspective. I appreciate you. And I appreciate making time today. And I hope you get some downtime here this summer to unwind as you finish unpacking in your new home. And hopefully you get to stay there for quite some time there, Kevin. <laughs> here, here. I like that. And there is the Minnesota Vikings head coach, Kevin O'Connell. Sounds like he has a chance to do really well there. Knows what he's doing. Relates to his players well has a great knowledge of the game from all his travels, and we certainly wish him the best in Minnesota. All right, we're coming off Memorial Day weekend, and that really means that people are starting to gear up for fantasy football and the fantasy football season. And on this podcast, in the coming weeks, we will have plenty of fantasy football experts and tips and insights as to who people should and shouldn't draft. I think it's something that People are truly intrigued by at this time of the year as people begin to prepare for their fancy football drafts. But that doesn't mean we can't make reference to what has been an incredible story over the weekend regarding another fantasy football league, one in which included Jock Peterson of the San Francisco Giants and Tommy Pham of the Cincinnati Reds. Now, everybody knows the story by now, right? Friday night, Pham confronts Peterson in the outfield, slaps him gets suspended three games, and it all stems back from a disagreement that they had in a fantasy football league in which Fam felt that Peterson did a couple of things from what it sounds like. He tried to basically stash Jeff Wilson on IR when he was ruled out to claim another player, which, by the way, I know I've done that sort of thing in my league. Matthew Berry's done that sort of thing. People regularly do that. It's just smart managing. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing illegal about that at all. If a player like Jeff Wilson is marked with an O, you can move him to the IR slot and pick up another player, which is what it sounded like Jock Peterson did. And then also Tommy Pham felt that Jock Peterson was making fun of his Padres teammates, which Jock Peterson had the receipts for, showed text to reporters, which didn't seem to be the case. Anyway, when... Two Major League Baseball players are getting into an actual altercation over fancy football. That tells you how important it is and how much people love it. And it is everything that people think. And I hope that people who don't play do play. And the people who do play understand exactly why they got worked up. But as Jock Peterson said, violence is not the answer. Certainly not to fantasy football issues. But it shows you the passion that goes along with that and why we'll be addressing it on this podcast in the coming weeks, why we'll be bringing you a variety of fantasy football experts, and why we care so much about our fantasy football leagues. And as somebody who has rostered Jeff Wilson in prior years, I can understand what Jock Peterson was doing. Excellent maneuvering, Jock Peterson. And Tommy Pham, keep your hands to yourself. Come on, man. Come on, man. All right, I want to thank the Minnesota Vikings head coach, Kevin O'Connell, for taking some time out of his schedule before he heads off this weekend to go to Sean McVay's wedding. I guess my invitation got lost in the mail there. I want to thank my great producers, Christina Buswell and Sarah Abbott, for putting together this podcast. And I want to thank you, the listener, for tuning in to another Adam Schefter podcast. Please join us again next week. We'll be back with more guests, 
more insights, more interviews, more information. And until then, have a great week. Be well and stay safe.